Welcome back to another episode of People of Product. We're right in the middle of a short series on the basics of product. As People of Product has grown, we've continued to talk with many of you, innovators, creatives, leaders, practitioners in the world of quote unquote product. But after almost 100 episodes, we realized that talking to you led to this realization that the biggest challenge was just getting back to the basics. Digital products and services are taking all different shapes and sizes as the world grows and iterates and evolves very quickly. From artificial intelligence to blockchain, metaverse, and more. But the core reality is true. The best products and experiences are built by creative people working together to explore possible new futures and ultimately build them. Today, we explore what is probably one of the most challenging places in product work, getting digital product initiatives started. So let's jump in. Hey, Dan. Hey, George. You know, I was thinking. Mm. So over the last many years, yeah, if that's a thing. We're getting old. Usually I say several. Or so I think most people would say several. I said the last many yeah. of years. It's not um, really good grammar. <laughs> it's not. But that's not what we're concerned about. Talked to a lot of founders, business leaders, uh, innovators, and I wanted to see or ask you a question. What do you tell them? Because I think a common question is, is how do you go about getting a digital product initiative started? Yeah. The, the short answer is it is really it's really challenging. It's really mm-hmm. difficult. Um, mostly because it's the zero to one that's hard, mm. right? So everybody has in their mind that version of the product, the version of the solution that they've been kind of maybe dreaming about because they've heard lots of ideas or they saw something else and they thought they could do it better. Mm-hmm. And so it's, they've got their, their vision in their mind of what the five looks like or what mm-hmm. stage 10 looks like or what stage a hundred looks like. But the biggest challenge is just getting from zero, which is there's a challenge in front of us. There's a problem in front of us. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a hard thing that we're trying to solve getting from that zero to the one, which mm-hmm. is we've got people got an idea, mm-hmm. pulling it together. We're going to get started. We've got funding. Mm-hmm. We're going to get started. And, um, I think that zero to one is, is really, really difficult. Yeah. It's like getting just, you know, the proverbial ball rolling is yeah. that kinetic energy. Yeah. But going from zero, something that stands still, that kind of static. Right. And then just getting it movement takes a lot more force than the kinetic energy does. No question. And, and the, the hard part is, is that a lot of people think, well, it's just about, you know, maybe putting more ideas on the board, right? Mm-hmm. Putting, putting, getting more, more thoughts out of our head or, or getting the right thing, mm-hmm. you know, like knowing that that perfect right thing that we should build right now. And, um, there's no shortage of ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one ever said we need more ideas. Right. Um, well, that's not true. There's actually a, a really good reason right. to find more ideas, right. but that's oftentimes not where people get stuck. Right. Um, and we'll even experience this, uh, you know, in our line of work at Crema is that, like you said, you could say ideas are a dime a dozen, Yeah. you know, they're, and a lot of them are good. A lot of them not so good. <laughs> We've had some bad ideas. <laughs> but if, if you're looking at a whiteboard, if you can imagine looking at a whiteboard and you've got a ton of sticky notes, whether it's a mirror board or an actual board, a lot of times I think people get stuck. Like you said, it's like they look at that and it's overwhelming. So how do you know what to tackle first? Exactly. I mean, the, the big question is, is what are we going to do next? Mm-hmm. Because it's not a question of, are we going to do something? Mm-hmm. It's about what do we do next? Um, as we talked about in one of our previous episodes is that 
everyone is thinking about building some piece of a digital product, a, a solution that's going to help what enable mm-hmm. users to do a thing, yeah. to, to, to solve a problem, to take care of something for them. Yep. And so the, the question is, is really like, what do we need now? Right. And so then, then you start asking these kind of diagnosis questions, which mm-hmm. is what's the biggest problem to solve? Mm-hmm. Um, how long will it take to solve that? Who do we need to solve that? Mm-hmm. Um, how long will it take to actually get that done? Right. Um, and where do we start? Yeah. Um, I think that's, it's the diagnosis is probably the first place that I would say, what have you done yet mm-hmm. to determine, is this something you really should be working on? Right. Who have you talked to? Who have you got buy-in from? Right. Um, and that's usually where we've had conversations both with clients or with ourselves mm-hmm. is you, you challenge me on this all the time. Let's just call this out is that I will come with an idea and you'll be like, well, why should we do that? Mm-hmm. And why now? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, because I want to, <laughs> <laughs> that's my reasoning. Yeah. But I mean, that's, cause it sounds fun. Uh, yeah. We, we yeah. joke, but that's often right. the case. Right. Um, there isn't a good diagnostic to say, no, this is something that's going to go to that ROI question that we had mm-hmm. in our last episode. That's going to lead to a return on investment. Mm-hmm. That's going to have real potential value change inside of our organization or with our customer base. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're not really taking that diagnostic seriously. Right. And I think that's a common question. Uh, it's not just with us, but that's a common question amongst product leaders is, again, how do we how do we start? Where do we go first? And uh, we were able to ask a product leader um, in the industry. And here's what he had to say. The ideas can really come from anywhere. Usually the best source uh, is understanding your customer. So we do a lot of user interviews um, and interviews with our clients. Of course, we have residents, we have property managers, and we have property owners that are three different uh, user types. But we try to do as many interviews as we can. And most of the time, these clients don't actually know what the potential solution could be. We have to kind of dig into those interviews and pull out the gems. Us being the product experts, we can use that interview and kind of understand this could be a potential automation or potential product that we can build onto our platform that would automate this process or make it extremely easy for end users. But, you know, we, we also have that the product management team and product team, engineering team, they, they understand the product deeply. A lot of times ideas come from the engineering side. A lot of times they come from sales. It it can really come from anyone. It's just as a team, you have to prioritize those and make sure that it's helping your, the company get to the, to the end goal. That was Justin Christian, who is Mm -hmm. the director of product management at Homebase, which Mm -hmm. is a startup that's focusing on smart access and IOT devices for multi-unit living and then connecting that to digital products. Right. And I love how he mentions this idea that one, he starts with his users. Absolutely. Yeah. Really going to what is, what are they telling us? And the fact that that ideas can come from anywhere. We Mm -hmm. often think they come from the Mm C-suite, right? They come from the top down. Right. More often than not, they're coming from that bottom up. Right. It's coming from either your end customer or your end user might be your employees or someone who's been, has felt that, that, challenge that problem, but they don't always know what they want. Right. They just know that something doesn't feel right. Right. And Justin alluded to that too, based uh, exactly what you're saying. Cause he said, we have to pull out the gems. Mm. And so it's almost like you, you know, you've got to diverge. Yeah. You got to gather up as much information as you can, but then as product experts, pulling out the gems, making connections on 
which ideas or which feedback from those users is actually going to help the product and yeah. being perceptive on that. Yeah. And I think that takes uh, some discernment, right? Mm -hmm. Because we talked about what, what do we do next? That's the biggest question. Mm -hmm. It's not, are we going to do something? It's what do we do next? Because right. more than likely you've got lots of ideas of what you want to do. And so I think that the, the challenge there is you're pulling out those gems is working with someone either internally or externally that has that knowledge of the potential of what you could do. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's that idea of exploring the possibilities. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people say, well, I know tech could probably solve this somehow, mm -hmm. but I don't know what's possible. Yeah. You know, I don't know what we could do. Yeah. Um, could, should this just be a mobile app? It used to be everybody wanted a mobile app. Come to right. find out, not everybody needs a mobile app. Um, <laughs> you don't same, need one. That's yeah, right. <laughs> same thing with everybody saying right now, everybody, I want machine learning. Well, no, get me wrong. Machine learning has a huge potential. Mm -hmm. Not everybody needs machine learning. Right. And so it's using that discernment to say, what is the simplest or most effective way to solve this problem mm -hmm. to start so that we can keep going? Right. And pulling information from users, getting outside the building, if you will, or going throughout the entire inside of your building, if you're building something within uh, from your employees, it connects to, which I've heard um, you say a lot, other people say a lot, it's like they've been sitting on it for a while. Yeah. And at, on one hand, if you wanna think about it a lot before you get started, you're going to naturally. But on the other hand, you also don't wanna sit on things too long. Things move too fast. Mm -hmm. um, the reality is is that, you know, we, we it's the, this cycle now is probably six months, right. four to six months right. uh, before things change. I mean, right, we're, we just had an economic shift weren't expecting that six months ago. It should have happened, but we weren't expecting it four to six months ago. Right. Or, you know, we we only thought that blockchain was going to have certain implications, and now we're you know NFTs shot to the moon yep. and then came crashing back down. And like things change so fast, focus, attention, um, uh, possibilities change so fast that you really have to do focus on well, you know how do we get these things shared evangelized sooner than later mm -hmm. so i think that's one thing that we're we're often here is that by the time someone starts talking to us it's not that it's too late mm -hmm. it's just that we always kind of say like man have you have you actually shared this with other people mm -hmm. have you have you talked about this across your organization have you started getting buy-in from your peers or your stakeholders mm -hmm. have you even run the idea past your customers or your users mm -hmm. um, a lot of times the answer is no we're not comfortable doing it yet Right. We don't feel like we have the problem clearly identified. Right? We don't feel like we have a clear enough vision for the solution yet. Okay. So it sounds like, okay, so to recap a little bit, the three or things I heard as far as the problem goes is one, it's just complex and it's super hard. Yeah, of course. Um, and there's no shortage of ideas, which can be overwhelming. Yep. And um, a lot of times they've been thinking about it uh, for so long that maybe they've missed it or maybe they haven't clearly to maybe that kind of thesis statement yep. define yep. the problem. And so, so it sounds like step one is they got to define the problem. If we're going to talk about, okay, what's the solution? Yeah. Define the user, define the problem and, and then explore solutions. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes you think your first solution is the best. Mm -hmm. It's usually not. Um, and so like, how do you, how do you really clearly define the problem in the mm -hmm. person that's going to be solving it for? Mm -hmm. uh, because if you, if you are not focused on that, clear definition, that shared definition, that thing that you can go, hey, executive team, we need to share with you that this this is a core problem that we believe if we solve it, we're gonna see huge returns. Mm -hmm. Like if we can increase our retention rate, we're gonna see huge returns. If we could uh, reduce our turnover of staff, we could 
you know, see these incredible returns. And so identifying those core measurable problems to solve mm -hmm. first mm -hmm. and who they're solving them for, that's going to help you then to go into, okay, now how do I get buy-in? Mm -hmm. How do I get, how do I get people to be a part of this story with me mm -hmm. so that it's worth doing something about it? Yeah. You mentioned that earlier around sharing it. Go into that a little bit. What does it look like to share the idea? Why is it important? Um, why is that even something that we usually advise our clients on? I think one of the things is that you, you end up creating a narrative in your head and I've done this. I'm guilty of this. Like I will come up with solutions and I'm like, well, well doesn't everyone want this solution to a problem that doesn't exist? Mm -hmm. right? You know, <laughs> right. You, you and I have some pitched some things to you where you're like, yeah, cute George. Um, and, and you, you do a good job. And I think we do a good job working with our clients to say, we need to reposition. Yeah. Is this a problem really worth solving? And you mm. won't know that unless you start sharing that problem, okay. meaning yeah. talking to other people about it, going around evangelizing the idea. And if you start to hear people go, Oh yeah, yeah. we need to, we, that's, if we were able to do that, mm -hmm. that would unlock all these other things. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting. Now we're building a case. We're building a model. Right. And, and I think that again, most people do it off of gut and they do it off this feeling of like, ah, I just, I know it should exist. Right. And don't get me wrong. There actually is a place for that. But if you haven't gone and shared it and validated that the problem is true, mm -hmm. then getting to solutions and getting to building something, getting designing something is a lot harder to get that zero to one started. If right. you don't have a good case that that thesis has a possibility of yeah. being true. And something that you do really well is you don't, I think you need to do both is do you need to build a case, like, especially if you're going to be presenting it to towards like your manager or leader, mm. um, if you're an entrepreneur and you're presenting it be uh, before investors, um, there needs to be some level of like, they need to see, okay, what was your thought process on validating this? Yeah. Like, how did you actually go about doing yeah. this? But before you even do that, you can start little conversations and experiments and run it by people like, yeah. you know, like on LinkedIn. Uh, we do that a lot. Or you're having coffee with someone and be like, Hey, I want to run something by you. <laughs> and if you do that over and over again, it's just like, okay, I've done this with like 10 to 15 people in it's connecting. My, that are both in my circle, but also outside of my circle. And it's like, okay, it's connecting. Then maybe you go to the next phase of like, okay, how can I structure some level of actually soliciting data yeah. that I can then use to share that with whomever? Well, and it goes back to something Justin said earlier was, that there's times when the customer doesn't really know what they need or want. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Steve Jobs has this, that famous quote, I don't remember exactly what it is, but effectively it's like the, the, the customer doesn't know what they need or want. Right? And Luigi said it too on cars. No, 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 no. You don't know what you want. <laughs> exactly. Luigi knows what you want. Luigi knows what you want. <laughs> and, and I think that's so true because again, what's the old Ford quote of if people would have told you what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Right. They didn't think about having a car. They didn't think right. about that level of disruption. Now that isn't always the, we're not always talking about paradigm shifting disruption, right. right? but when you start thinking about solutioning, what I will say is that as you're talking about your problem, it doesn't hurt to say, what if it was something like fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I tend to do because I know that when somebody will come to me and say like, do you feel this problem? I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. And, and if you don't finish the story with a potential future, mm -hmm. it, it falls flat. Mm -hmm. But if you, you say, well, what if we were able to solve that through a mobile app? What if we were able to solve that through something that when you walked into the room, it responded to you in this way? Mm -hmm. Like 
when you start suggesting possibilities, then they, then they start dreaming with you. Mm. And that becomes a really interesting way to then get by into it. Oh yeah. Now I see the potential of what you're talking about. Okay. And so to, to your point of like, what I like to do is I don't just stick with, do you have pain here? Yes. Okay. I'll be back in six months. Right. No. Do you have pain here? Yeah. What if there was a, a, a way yeah. to, you know, and being able to bring that into a story because we all learn right. through stories. So. so you mentioned it around buy-in. So I'm a product owner. Yep. I've defined the problem. Um, I've done some level of validation. I've shared it with others. I've got more validation. I've shared it with a few folks maybe. Now, now what do I do with it? Yeah. I, I think this is really when you have to kind of have rubber start to hit the road, mm-hmm. which is to say, how do you start pulling a team together? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a question of how do you make sure you have the right people in the room early on, getting alignment around both the problem you're trying to solve, potential solutions of what you might be trying to, ways to solve it. So that includes your stakeholders. That might mean your leadership yeah. or you know whoever needs to be in the room for that. Then really start getting those practitioners in the rooms earlier than later, because mm-hmm. they're gonna be the ones that say, yeah, but you could do it this way. Right. And so those are the designers, the developers, test engineers, product managers that are ones that are going like, okay, well, if, if that's what you're trying to do, actually, I already probably have a decent way to do that. Right. You know, or what if we approached it this way? Oh, right. okay. Well now we're, we're starting to see some momentum. Yeah. It, it just reminds me just kind of just the common sense. Just, it was like, oh, if I would have known that yesterday, right. That's the thing you don't want a stakeholder to say yeah. is I wish I would have known that yesterday. <laughs> that's it's like, true. Oh. So, it only it naturally makes sense to try to give them as much context into how this journey began. Yeah. Cause it really is. It's like, if you get to a point to where you're a stakeholder and you have to do, you will have to do some of this, but you're describing like what has led you here. Yeah. But if you can bring them on as early as possible into that, and maybe the description of that journey is just shorter and shorter, they'll have the same context you, you have, they yeah. may have that maybe they sat in on some user interviews. Maybe they helped validate it a little bit. So that just seemed, but that also is really hard mm-hmm. of getting that alignment and getting that buy-in. Yeah. And I think that there's different ways to do that. I mean, we, we take different approaches and, and partly it's proximity, it's spending time together. But, um, one of the things that we, we talk about is how do you get those people in the same room? Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a digital room or a physical room. But um, we thought we'd actually throw that over to one of our um, VPs of product. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he really had some really great thoughts about that. One of the best ways to move product initiatives forward inside of a company is to first start by refining your thinking. You might have this idea about what needs to be created in the business in order to achieve a certain goal. But in doing that, if we stay too insulated in our ideating, What happens is that when you're finally presented the opportunity to talk about this idea to the company, maybe with some stakeholders, you're not ready for that conversation because they ask you a few questions that knock you right off balance and you don't have answers to them. And then maybe that's your shot um, and you have to wait a while to present another idea to those same stakeholders. So one of the things I've seen work really well inside of companies is building out a product advocate or product champion team first. This might start when you first have an idea or maybe even a series of ideas that are going to help the company achieve some or the organization achieve some sort of goal or maybe multiple goals. This champion team would be somebody that you can reach out to. And it might even just be one or two individuals. 
these folks that you can reach out to that can help you refine your thinking. And these trusted individuals are gonna be able to give you really good feedback. So one of the criteria should be that they can give you feedback, um, good honest feedback about how you're presenting your idea, what holes they see in it, what questions do they have. This is going to help you get more and more clear on not only what your idea is, but why it actually matters. When you're working with this group of folks, this is really when you're starting to uh, develop your concept. From here, you really want to start to understand what the business case is. How does this help the business? Or is this a cost savings thing? Is it going to allow you to enter a new market? Is it going to allow you to offer new services? Um, and so bringing in new, uh, a new line of revenue, whatever that might be, how can you use your product champion or your product advocate team to help refine your business case? So that way, when you are presented with the opportunity to get this in front of a stakeholder, you are ready to go and you feel confident and you can help make the case for why this matters to the business. But I don't want you to stop there. You have to also be thinking about why this matters to the stakeholders. The business case might be really strong. There's no shortage of ideas probably coming to your stakeholders of ways that they can improve the business. So they might be looking at things like this often. And maybe your idea is so good that it's like an easy Easy yes, and if that's the case, awesome. I tend to be somebody who over-prepares rather than under-prepares. And so I wanna understand why this initiative would actually matter to the stakeholders that I'm presenting it to. Would this mean a promotion for one of the stakeholders? Would this mean that another one of the stakeholders achieves their annual goal? Whatever that might be, I need to understand how this personally relates to them. So that way I can help shape my conversation in a way that addresses some of the things that they're trying to tackle, some of the very real challenges that they're trying to tackle in their professional life as well, that will help me get more buy-in from them and help them, help show them that I'm thinking through all these things prior to even bringing it to them. And that brings me to my last point, which is around how you spend your time with them. Every single interaction that you get with a stakeholder about your idea, whether you like it or not, is going to shape their view of your idea. If you have a conversation with them about your idea and it's not fully baked yet and you haven't even started to answer some of these questions or you don't have a product champion team, you haven't refined your thinking on it. The next time that you interact with them, they're going to be thinking back to that interaction and they're going to, it's going to shape how they're viewing this. Now, maybe are there some stakeholders out there that will completely put that in the past, give you that new shot? Yes, of course. And, and hopefully you have that opportunity to do that as well. But it will go so much smoother if you think about Anytime that I'm going to bring up this idea, I need to be at this certain stage in the idea, and I'm going to acknowledge that that's the stage that I'm in. Because what you don't want is you don't want them to completely shape your idea that you have, your initiative, through your first few interactions where maybe they, they heard about the initiative, maybe through other people, or they talked to you briefly at lunch about it, or whatever it might be. Um, so really be careful about what conversations you have and when. So that way you're positioning it, your positioning is aligned with where you want them to be um, rather than having their head be somewhere else about a, a past thing that you communicated to them that maybe isn't even part of the idea anymore. Um, and of course, you'll have opportunities to answer those questions. But the main thing here is spend your time wisely, find a product advocate team to clarify your thinking, make sure you're developing that business case and then address those um, personal concerns of the stakeholders as you're presenting these ideas to them. The, one of the reasons why we work with clients so early, so often, is 
again, clarity of thought on their part, but because we know what they're putting into this, this digital initiative. Yeah. It's potentially risky, right? They're thinking about, um, costs of their own organization. Um, depending on their level, they might be thinking like my, my job might be on the line. Right. Um, or my promotion might be on the my line. promotion might be on the line. Yeah. Um, and then we've talked a lot about, um, just on our own engagements is trying to shorten feedback loops, reducing the amount of ambiguity early on in a project yeah. because, um, and that's just natural. But again, why wouldn't we put the steps forward to try to reduce that amount of ambiguity so that, again, that buy-in and that just cohesion of that team comes together as quickly as possible? So one of the ways that we do this with our clients is in really ex giving them space to explore, mm -hmm. giving them space to mm -hmm. share their idea outside of their walls, right? Yep. So, you know, it's one of the, the benefits of working with a consultancy or someone who's maybe an entrepreneur or someone who's kind of forcing themselves to think outside the current business model, mm -hmm. the current norms, mm -hmm. the current defaults is to say, what if we did it a different way? And, and, and then opening up the possibilities You talk about diverging, right? Right. So getting those all out, then deciding which one of those things do we need to test and validate and then doing something about that. So now right. that the team's in the room that we're, we're dreaming about the potential ways we could test that, mm -hmm. that might look like a design prototype. It might right. look like a functional no code, low code product prototype. Right. It might look like building the first version of the app and actually releasing it to a small early, early customer group. All those are potentials that you can share as you're getting this off and then iterate on, like right. you just said, because right. if you assume you are right a hundred percent upfront, it, you're just making an ignorant position mm -hmm. because if, if, if we follow some of the agile principles, which mm -hmm. we, we will all say that agile has its pros and cons, but mm -hmm. the purpose of it was to say that there's, there's too many unknown unknowns. Right. And so the only way to know those unknowns right. is to start working right and progress over perfection. Right. right. And so how do you make progress so that you can start to get those ideas, um, you know, validated. Right. And then as you validate, as you get those little mini wins, those small wins of saying, oh, yeah. there's some truth here. Funny thing is leadership tends to go, okay, right. Let's keep going. Right. Let's fund that a little bit more next year. Let's put that more, put more into that initiative. Maybe let's try another initiative. That one worked. Mm -hmm. Let's keep going. And so like we talked about, it's all about momentum. Yeah. And it, that's where yep. it has to start with moment, that yeah, idea of momentum. It's getting those early points on the board, right. early impacts, starting small, you said it. Yeah. Small wins. Cause you can take, again, you can take those small wins back. Yeah. Cause if, even if they're small, if they build on top of one another, um, that's impressive. And it starts to give leadership is like, oh, okay, we're making some progress here. Um, we are glad or we're, because we're seeing an immediate return. Yeah. 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 Early on in the project. I, yeah. I think that's, that's spot on. Okay. So we, we get started, um, in creating digital products with some level of risk, we understand that, oh, but yeah. also there, yeah. there are ways to reduce that risk. Um, clearly understanding your problem, uh, spending some time to validate that idea, that problem, both problem and solution. Uh, then we work hard to bring the right people into the room early so mm -hmm. that we can have that conversation. We get the best ideas out of the most perspectives, mm -hmm. getting leadership buy-in so that they understand, hey, we're gonna be looking for momentum as we move this forward. And then really, like you said, starting with the simplest solution possible and continue to iterate and learn. Yep. That's, that is, Every successful project that we've seen has had that formula in play. So getting from the zero to one is not sim simply getting from an idea to right. a fully fledged functional big app. It's like going from zero to Salesforce. 
That's not Salesforce didn't start that way. Right. Right. Most of the successful products that we love and use on a daily basis started in this very simple iterative approach of validating ideas, listening to feedback, creating loops around that. So, um, that begs the question though, as you brought people together in that first meeting, Mm -hmm. we shared our ideas. We maybe all had at least a vision of what we thought we were talking about, Mm -hmm. but we all come with different perspectives and different backgrounds and different capabilities and experience levels. How the heck do we get aligned and stay aligned? That makes alignment so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Actually, the common question that comes to every product owner's mind is like, how am I going to get these individuals aligned? And that's what we're going to talk about next week is who do I need to have in the room and when? How do I know when to involve these individuals? What are they good at? When do I need certain roles at which aspect or, 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 or timeline of the project? And then once I get them aligned, how do I keep them moving forward on a plan, on a North Star, if you will, that we've all defined? Can't wait. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.